0: Welcome, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about sin and the fall of man and why you as a parent need to know about this. You're listening to The Parent Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero.
1: Ignition. Liftoff. Hey, everybody. This is Man, I just screwed
0: up the intro. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Why don't you try that again? Introduce yourself, Ben Hoyer. Hey,
1: this is Ben Hoyer, coming at you from uh, Genoa Baptist Church, hanging out here with Pastor Matt.
0: Yes. Hello, everyone. That was probably a little better, I guess. Yeah, that was way better. All right, good. Let's roll with it, man. I I love it. So what's (laughs) new with you, man? Uh, Well, not much. Um, I got a dog. What? Really? Yeah, legit. I got a dog today, actually. I went and picked it up, brought it home for my kids, a little early Christmas present. Nice. What kind of dog? A bulldog, and I'm super pumped about it. Um, wait, what kind of, like an English bulldog? French bulldog. Wow. Actually, yeah. Yeah, that's all I got to say about it, so uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go home and walk it tonight. I'm super pumped. My kids, my kids. Uh, we got it for the kids, so they're super excited. It's yeah. early Christmas, like I said, which means we're not getting them anything else on Christmas. Well done. yes. It yes. is done in November. It's done. And you know, we did it for the kids. We love the kids. Do you love your kids, Ben?
1: Uh most of the time, yeah. They're pretty good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Who's your favorite kid? Oh. They won't be listening. Go for it.
1: Um probably number five.
0: <laughs> the one that is still in your wife's belly. I like it. All right. Yes. For those of you who don't She's know. She's very quiet. Yes. <laughs> You're like, that's how I like it. <laughs> so uh Ben and his wife, Christy, are having their fifth child. Fifth. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Fifth. Fifth! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I, I, you know, I'm praying for you, man. So Anyways, yeah, um, that's awesome. So, you know, we we do a lot for our kids. You know, I got my kid a dog. You are having another kid, which is a really nice thing. But, um, you know, today in the intro, we talked about how we're going to be talking about the fall of man. And so um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. Can you think of a time that your child broke a rule?
1: Um, yeah, like in the last twenty minutes,
0: or <laughs> yes, yes, just in the last twenty minutes. What, what's uh, just right off the top of your head? What's the time that your kid broke a rule?
1: Well, I hate that. Well, we have uh,
0: we're having a problem with obedience
1: at our house right now. Ooh. So, yeah, I've got one kid. I'm not going to say his name,
0: Brady. But he—I was going to say you said he, so that narrows it <laughs> down to narrows two. It down a bit. <laughs> but
1: anyways, yeah, he's uh, he's having a hard time right now, and I think it might be all the. Halloween candy.
0: Right. I don't know. It's the sugar for sure. I think it is. Too much sugars. Right. Yeah, we're having a problem with obedience in my house, but it's not my children. It's me. Oh. Yeah, my wife can't get me to do what she wants me to do, so I'm going to try better. I'm going to try harder. Good for you, man. (laughs) That's good. I hope she's listening to this. Britt, I will do better. Listen, I will. Anyways, um, all that to say, um, <laughs> you know, our kids break the rules. If you have a child, you know that your kids never, um, they are never perfect all of the time. Uh, my my middle son, who is, uh, his name is Jack. He just turned four yesterday. So, uh, wait, what was today? Saturday? I'm sorry, two days ago he turned four. And um, the thing about Jack is Jack is our most, uh, uh, he's like our sweetest kid. He... Obey's the rules. He's always real. Um, uh, when, when he messes up, he's real apologetic and stuff. Well, that has changed a little bit lately. Um, this is a time that my kid broke the rule. Okay, and this is a real. I'll make this a really quick story. But um, I was at uh, I was at work one day, and my wife calls me, and she says, "Matt, we've got a problem." And I said, "What's the problem, Brit? I'll solve it. I'm the man of the house." And what had happened was. Um, yeah, I didn't say that exactly word for word, but okay. pretty close. But, but, uh, but she told me that what had happened was my daughter Mora had one of her dolls sitting in the back seat. Mora was at school, and when Brittany and Jack and my other son Peter came to pick up Mora, Mora got in the back and realized that her doll back there, her Barbie doll, uh, its hair was all hacked up. All right. <laughs> oh yeah, she, really? She was livid. Oh. Okay. So Brittany calls me and she says, um, uh, she goes, Matt, we've got a problem somebody cut up Mora's doll's hair. And I said, well, who was it? Uh, I said, because in my mind, I was thinking, did Mora do this? She goes, "Mora didn't do it. And I was like, well, I mean, it wasn't the baby. It wasn't Peter. So it was either you, Brittany, or Jack. So who was it? I'm thinking it was Brittany. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it might have been. I, to be honest, I never even thought of that as an option. But she says, uh, she says yeah, it was, uh, she goes, I know it was Jack, but I can't get Jack to admit to it. And I said, okay, well, tell me, uh, like, what did he say when you asked him? She says, well, I asked him who did it. And he said, it was either Peter, who's one year old, can't even talk yet. Jack said, it was Peter. And she goes, no, it wasn't Peter. He goes, okay, then it was daddy. And he blamed it on me. Nice. That little punk. So yeah. so he blames it on me. And then um, I told Brett, I said, well, just get him to admit it, you know, and all this stuff. Well... Later on, I get home and Brittany says, we've, we've, we've gotten to the bottom of it. And I said, what was it? And she goes, well, Jack claims that he was sitting in the living room, looking out the window and a raccoon had went up to our van, opened the door, jumped into the seat, cut the uh, doll's hair, and then ran away. A raccoon did all this. Wow. Yeah. To which I said, um, "Don't spank that kid." That story is hilarious, and uh, <laughs> but he ended up admitting it. She goes, "Jack, was it really a raccoon?" And he goes, "No, it was me." And it was this real dramatic thing. Well, he was trying to cut our seatbelts, <laughs> so I'm actually, <laughs> no. glad, yeah, I'm glad he cut the doll's hair. Oh uh, my gosh, save me some money. So, you know, you, you look at we look at our four year old, and just the other day, me and my wife were like, "Man, even even a child can lie. Even a child can." Um, uh, you know, not tell the truth and and make stuff up. And, and so the question is, is why, why do they act like this? And are they taught this? Like, is a kid taught this stuff or does it just come out of nowhere? Right? Mm -hmm. Well, um, what we're going to talk about today, which is a perfect segue, I think, is we're going to be talking about sin, S I N sin. And what that, like what, as a parent, what, why do we need to know about sin? And why do we need to know about the fall of man? So, um, Look, first off, I'm going to define what sin is, how we define it to the kids in Genoa Kids, and it's simply this. Ready? Uh, this is what we did on Sunday, is sin is when you break uh, God's law, and then sin separates you from God. So sin is when you break God's law, and then it separates you from God. Now, um, there's a quote by D.A. Carson that I'd love for you to read real quick, because this is a it's a great quote. Wait, what is it? Sure, I got it right here. Uh, a lot of people think that sin is just breaking a rule, What
1: is at stake here is something deeper, bigger, sadder, uglier, more heinous. It is a revolution. It makes makes me God and thus
0: de-God's God. Yes, great job. I thought that was a typo. (laughs) (laughs) You thought I typed it wrong. No, 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 that is exactly how it is. It makes me God and thus de-God's God. Yeah, that's kind of a, it's an interesting way to say it. But... I love that quote. I read that quote and I was like, dude, that's exa- yeah, that's exactly it. It's not just breaking a rule. It, what's at stake here? It's it's deeper, bigger, sadder, uglier. It's a revolution, all right? And so when we, um, essentially whenever you sin, you're putting yourself in front of God because you're doing something that breaks one of God's laws. Now, um, in just a second, we're going to talk about this because this is found in Genesis 3. Um, now, last last week we talked about creation and we talked about being created in the image of man. And um, I remember I was in school once and I took a class that Uh, it was called um, biblical theology. Now there's a difference, There's there's biblical theology and there's a thing called systematic theology. And systematic theology is essentially where you're systematically breaking down parts of scripture. So if I said, I wanna learn about prayer, what I'll do is I will look in the Old Testament, I'll find every time they prayed, I'll look in the New Testament, see how Jesus prayed, see how Paul prayed, Peter, all those guys, and I will form a doctrine on prayer based on the parts that I've picked out. And systematic, I mean, obviously it's a great thing, you have to do that, but Um, But sometimes it's easy to take things out of context because Mm -hmm. you're just, you know, you see the word prayer and then you pull it out. And you got to look at, you know, what happened before and what happened after. Well, biblical theology is cool because what you're doing is you're looking at the Scripture and the Bible as a story. From start to finish, you're trying to see what, you know, how how do all these stories play into what God wants us to know in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And so um, essentially Scripture can be broken down into four parts. You've got the first part is creation, which we talked about last week. Um, the second part is the fall of man, which is what we're going to talk about today. So, so it's funny because half of the storyline of, of eternity in the Bible is in the first three chapters of the Bible. Right. Right. And so, um, so it's creation. It's the fall of man. Then the next part is uh, justification. This is where Jesus comes back and we stand justified in front of God if you give your life to him. And then the last part is glorification. When you die, you go to heaven. And So that, that is all of eternity in a nutshell creation, fall of man, justification, and then glorification. And some people say justification also is redemption. It can be said as redemption, where Jesus comes back to redeem his people, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I, like I said, I love that the first three chapters, half of it is there. So we're going to talk about um, today is the, the fall of man, the second part of that whole um, picture there. And like I said, our definition of sin is when you, is when you uh, disobey one of God's laws, and then um, it separates you from God. Now, um, have you ever been bow hunting before I
1: have not <laughs> I knew the answer I to want that question.
0: to I want to it looks cool but I've just never done it right I, you know I I've never been bow hunting either have you ever shot a bow I have not oh man dude. I really want to okay we'll do it soon I need to buy a bow I don't have a bow I don't we'll... have a bow either <laughs> well we'll get one all right <laughs> we'll uh we'll let the church I'm pay sure. for it it'll be research we'll say that but uh um it's but uh <laughs> it's for the podcast what do you need a bow for the podcast Okay, whatever. So so, anyways, um, yes, yeah, sin also, um, there. if if you break it down, there's actually another definition of sin, which it literally means to miss the mark. And, um, you know, when, when I was younger, I used to live in England. Um, did you know that? I told you that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I used to live there, and my dad um, really embraced the English culture. He loved everything about it. We got to go to Sherwood Forest, which is where Robin Hood was. And, you know, Robin Hood's big thing was he had a bow, and he was really good with a bow. Well, my dad said... Uh, he ordered, he ordered a bow from this guy and it was like a legit bow, like a long bow that the Knights had back in the day. And this guy, it took him months to make it. So he finally makes it. Dad comes home and actually told the kids this story, um, in, in church. But, uh, my dad comes home and he takes his bow out and he, he goes, guys, check it out. You would have thought it was Christmas day, right? This big deal. Well, um, he goes, you want to come out and shoot it with me? And I said, sure thing. So we got up, we walked outside and um, I tried pulling on it. I couldn't pull it back. It was pretty intense. But he pulled it back, and he tried to hit the target. Now, uh, here, here, trivial question for you. What is the circle right in the middle of the target called? Bullseye. Bullseye. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a trick question. <laughs> I was like,
1: what are you getting at? Okay,
0: yeah. I saw it in your face. Yes, it, it's a bullseye, right? Well, um, it, it's also called, like, if you hit the bullseye, you could say you hit the mark, right? right. That's what you're aiming for is the bullseye. Mm-hmm. Well, sin literally means to miss the mark. And so what I did on Sunday was I took this, uh, I took this sign and I, I drew a target on it, and then in the middle I put what God wants, and then outside of it I put what God doesn't want. And so we as Christians, we're supposed to try to hit that mark every time, which is what to do what God wants, right? Mm-hmm. But everybody, at least one time in their life, has missed the bullseye and mm-hmm. has done what God doesn't want. Right. And and it was cool because I was I I showed the kids this uh, this this drawing and, you know, like on a bullseye, you've got your bullseye or your target. You've got your bullseye in the middle and then there's rings around it. that get Mm -hmm. bigger and bigger. And the idea is the closer you get to the bullseye, the more points you get. Well, this one kid raised their hand and they said they said, hey, uh, what if you get real close to the bullseye, but you don't hit it? And I said, well, I'm glad you asked that. So. So it's a good question, yeah, because, because it actually led perfectly into my next point. So I was pumped that you asked it. But, but the idea is that if you hit outside, let's say you hit outside of the biggest ring, right? You're way off, mm-hmm. barely, barely hit the target at all. Well, um, we could say that missing the mark there, doing what God doesn't want you to do, let's say that one is murder. You're way off the mark. You've murdered somebody, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say you get close to the mark. You're, you're just right outside. You didn't hit the mark, but you're right outside. Let's say that's calling a white lie, right? Mm-hmm. It Just it just a little, it's a little sin, not a big one. Well, what, what I was telling them is I said, guys, it doesn't matter if you kill somebody or if you tell a white lie, a sin is a sin, you've missed the mark, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that when you do what God doesn't want you to do, that's sin, and it's missing the mark. And so um, what, what I thought we could do today is, um, we'll take a quick break here in a second, but when we come back, I want us to talk about You know, as a parent, why do we need to know about sin? What's the big deal? You know, and um, so uh, we got just a couple things we want to tell you about that, and then we'll be right back. So you cool with that, Ben? Sounds good to me. We'll be right back. And now it's time for Parenting with Ben.
1: Sure, come over. Sit down. I was just wondering, where do babies come from? Um. Hmm. Uh, hey, who's your favorite superhero? Uh, it depends. Marvel or DC? Uh, DC. Uh, probably Batman and Superman. I like Batman's villains, but Superman's powers are awesome. That's cool. Hey, uh, your uh, your mom's looking for you.
0: Okay. Thanks, Dad. Exactly what the Spartans needed. This has been Parenting with Ben.
1: Alright, welcome back, everybody. So we're into the final segment of the podcast here. Um, I have a couple things I just think that parents really need to know. Um first thing, people are not
0: born good. No way. Can you believe it? I, you know, having three children, I can't believe it. Just kidding. They're evil. They're born evil. (laughs) They are. (laughs) They keep you up all night. Yes. Me, 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 mine, 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 all that stuff. Oh man, that's my two-year-old. Yep. To a T. I always tell people you can you know that a sinful nature is true if you have kids because you can see it at such a young age. <laughs> yes. That, now they they're great. They're great kids. Don't get me wrong. We love our kids. They're the I best. love my kids. Yes. I'm glad you do. Yeah. But, but they are horrible people. But, <laughs> <laughs> but they're definitely born with a sinful nature. I for joke sure. with
1: Christy. I say that they're the worst roommates in the yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great. That I probably stole that from somewhere, but I do. I think it's true. I, I, they're I'm messy. You with it. They're loud. That's right. They don't. Put they the, eat all my food. They don't put the toilet seat down. That doesn't bother me, but.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, okay. Yeah, people are not born good, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. That, you know, it's, in our, in our culture, we were just talking about this off air, is that in our culture, I think there is this mindset that people are born good, and there's, it's, it's almost as if there's a shock when people do something terrible. Mm-hmm. Where, um, you know, you look around right now, what's going on in the political realm with all of these uh, political people, like senators, congressmen, are having all these extramarital affairs, um, the sexual harassment, the accusations of rape, and then it's going into Hollywood as well, which... For the life of me, I cannot believe it's just now coming out. I mean, everybody has known Hollywood has been this way forever, mm-hmm. but um, but but in our culture, I think that when this happens, they just go, "Man, well, what what happened? What caused them to do that?" You know, and really, there's there's an easy answer to that. It's called sinful nature. Everybody is born with a sinful nature, which means they will choose sin. Right. Well, um, I was I was in. Um, I told you about my trip to Cambodia. I yes, went there sir. with a couple of guys. I tried to get you to go, and you turned me down. But it's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm over it. But we went me to <laughs> yeah, right. Me, we went to uh, Cambodia, um, and when we got there, I remember that we were in this temple once. Uh, it was a Buddhist temple, and um, we're just kind of looking around, and we're seeing like these extremely peaceful monks that are just sitting there praying, not hurting anybody. I mean, monks are Buddhist. Buddhist monks are very peaceful people, right? And, and I just remember saying like, man, you know, like. It would be, it'd be hard to say that this person was born evil, you know. And then, and then on the flip side, we go over to this prison. And I don't know if you know the whole history behind Cambodia, but um, just in a nutshell, um, during the Vietnam War, or it was right towards the end of it, there was a, um, a group called the Khmer Rouge who, who went into Phnom Penh, which is the capital city of Cambodia, and essentially told them all, hey, the Americans are coming. They're, they're going to bomb us. We need to get out of here. So everybody evacuated. They took their kids. They took all this, all their stuff. And the Khmer Rouge actually dearmed the military as well. They said, just leave your guns here and go. So the whole Cambodian military left. And while they were gone, uh, they did not get bombed. It was a lie. The Americans weren't coming. And they took over Phnom Penh and turned, literally turned it into their home base. And then they just started to annihilate their own people. Two million of their own people they killed. In fact, when we went over there, one of the guys that went with us, his name is Sherrod, and he was kind of telling us about it. He says, he says Matt, keep your eyes open for people over the age of 40. Okay. Just, just look for him. And so I'm looking and looking and I, and it's, it seems like it's a very few amount because literally most of their old people were killed off. You know, it's so all these people. I was, it's a crazy thing. We, we went to this, um, this high school that they turned into a prison, a prison called tool slang. And so we would go into this, The classrooms, which they would have beds on it, that they would torture these people. Some they left the actual beds there. You could see the blood-stained floors. It was the craziest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just a smaller-scale Holocaust, you know. So, uh, and and that's weird to say two million people is a smaller scale, but it's still a lot of people. Well. We get to the end of it and they have this board there where it allows people you can write stuff on. And you know, there's the whole, we will never forget, we'll always remember you. And and as I was reading through, I saw over and over again, it was like, communism's the worst, you know, um, uh, fascism is terrible, like don't let dictators take over all this stuff. And and I turned to the two guys that I was with and, and I looked at them and I was just like, it is so crazy to me that people blame this evil on a governmental system. They're just like yeah. It was communism that did it. It was uh, it was fascism. It was all this stuff, and I was blown away by that because I was like, no no no. It was man. It, mm-hmm. it, it was a guy named Paul Pot who headed up the Khmer Rouge. He convinced a bunch of people, and they did it. And, and the idea that that somebody would turn so crazy to kill millions and millions of people, um, really doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me because because again, we're not we're not born good you know i think i think it's easy to think that in america because we live by christian judeo christian values here where our 10 commandments line up with scripture perfectly so if you follow those you are following um uh, you know kind of a righteous standard that the bible lays out and uh and, and and so so in America I think you know we we have set up our laws so that it's a little harder to to be a terrible person and, and if you are you pay the consequences but but this idea that Paul Pot was any different than anybody else is just not true I mean we're all born with a sinful nature meaning we can all turn to sin just like that and, and so so when just like you said when when we uh, when we get this idea that people are born good I think I, I don't think that's correct I think uh, when you look at Genesis three which is you know I just realized I didn't do the overview of the scripture we're talking about, you know, so let me, <laughs> let me do that real quick is that um, pretty, I'm sure most people listening know the stories that you've got Adam and Eve, they live in the Garden of Eden, and, and God tells them, this is all Genesis 3, 1 to 24, it says that God told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Ben, did they eat from that tree? I believe they did. They they absolutely <laughs> did. You, yeah. you biblical scholar, look well, at I'm you. I'm telling you, man. Well, um, and you know that not only did they eat it, but they were deceived to eat it. It said that um, that the devil came in the form of a serpent. He convinced them, and he says, Did God really say that you shouldn't eat of that tree? Did he really say that you would die? Did he really say this? And And really just deceived them, you know? And it says that they ate it. She gave some to Adam. Adam ate some. They realized that they were naked. Their eyes were open to right and wrong. So they went and they put fig leaves over themselves to cover themselves in their shame. And then it says that God was walking in the garden and was calling out to them and couldn't find them. And then eventually they they come out of the woods there. And and, and I love it because Eve, the first thing he does is he goes, why why are you hiding? You know? And, and he goes, it wasn't me. Eve made me do it and blamed it on his wife right away. <laughs> yep. First she, thing. Yeah. And she goes, it wasn't me. The serpent made me do it. And so there's three curses here. I mean, there's, you know, he cursed the serpent. He said, you will be the lowest of all the, the animals and all this stuff. And. And then uh, you'll crawl on your belly forever. And then, and then with woman, with Eve, he says, your curse is that you will have pain and childbearing, you know, which really is a bum deal. <laughs> like I feel bad yeah. for the girls, you know? Um, so there's that. And then with, with man, you know, it says you'll have to work the ground and the ground, um, it, it says it'll become with thorns and thistles and you'll have to, by the sweat of your brow, you'll have to work just to grow food and stuff. And, and so, I mean, so there's all these, these God punishes them, you know, and, and while we know they don't die physically right then, they do die spiritually. Because just like I said earlier, sin is, uh, it's breaking God's command, which in this case, they broke the command of God, told him not to eat of the, of the tree. And then sin separates us from God, as God is a holy God, he can't be around sin. And so what he did was he kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden, it says that he put an angel at the entrance with a flaming sword so that they couldn't get back in. So there's that separation there. So um, again, I'm, I'm, I know that most everybody has heard that story, but just wanted to recap it real quick. But with that being said, what this, this idea that people are born good is um, we, we learn from that story that this sinful nature has now taken over Adam and Eve, and not only to take over them, that all of their descendants now are born with that sinful nature. And right. so that includes me, that includes you. I know that's hard to believe because you're such a great guy, but um, that includes our kids, that includes our wives, that includes everybody, like everybody 100% of the time. Will choose sin before they give their life to God. You know, and that's mm-hmm. not to say you don't sin after you become a Christian, but, um, but we'll talk about that later. That's mm-hmm. the Christ connection. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But, um, but yeah. So there it is. I mean, uh, people are not born good. Just keep that in mind, especially when you're dealing with your kids. You know, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, kids are. You, you look at them and you're like, oh, they're so sweet and they're innocent. Well, yeah, they they don't know a lot of stuff yet, but they will choose sin. hundred percent of kids will choose sin at some point in their life. They may cut the hair off your uh, daughter's doll
1: and then blame a raccoon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um,
0: oh, I do love that kid,
1: man. He's so funny. He's yeah. awesome. So the second thing that we want parents to remember is uh, to teach our children to view God in the light of freedom He offers, instead of just a group of rules
0: to follow. Mm-hmm. Why? Let me ask you. Why do you think people follow rules? Uh, afraid of consequences. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That's exactly uh, I I think that's what a lot of people uh, see rules as. I know when I when I've talked to people about becoming Christian or talking to them about God, most non-Christians view Christianity literally as, oh, okay, well, it's a religion that just gives you a bunch of rules and you can't do a bunch of stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because because, you know, like not people who are living very sinful lives when they become a Christian, they do have to cut out a lot of things. Right. Sure. partying the drinking like just the all that stuff you know and so um so anyways i i get that i get why people would think that this is a religion of rules of just rules and stuff but but just like you said we got to teach our kids that it's not just rules but but really god is giving us uh, he's offering us a freedom you know and what is that freedom the freedom is being free from our sinful nature is that um i i love uh i love down here let me let me read this to you actually this is uh when, when God is cursing Eve, um, he says that, uh, let me find it real quick, he, he, he actually um, gives us a good, like, foreshadowing of what's to come. Uh, it says that because, so this is God, he's looking at Eve, right? And he says to Eve, he says, um, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing, which, again... Terrible, terrible, (laughs) he says. But in pain you shall bring forth children, your your desire should be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And then to Adam he says, Because you've listened to the voice of your wife, and have you eaten you've eaten of the tree of which I've commanded you, you shall not eat on it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth from you. So that's Adam and Eve, that's the curse. But here's here's the other one that I wanted to mention. This is he also cursed the serpent. And he says, Because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock. And above all beasts of the field, and on your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat in all the days of your life. And then he says, I will put enmity, I can't ever say that word, enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So that right there is a foreshadowing of Jesus coming back. Okay, here's that Christ connection I was talking about. When it says that Eve's Eve's offspring, it says he will um, bruise the serpent's head, and you shall bruise his heel. So when you think about, when you fast forward, you know, if you look at this in biblical theology terms, when you hear that, you fast forward to the crucifixion and you see that Jesus, when, when he's on that cross, you know, it, that, that's symbolic of the heel being bruised. You know, he's definitely hurt, right? He's mm-hmm. going through this tough time. But then when he raises again from the dead and he has um, he conquers death, essentially he is bruising the head of the devil. I mean, he's taking away his power, he's taking away the power of sin over people because now we have a choice to give our lives to Jesus, give our hearts to Jesus and every action, every word, every thing that we do, um, if we do it for Jesus, we are no longer slaves to sin. And, and I love that, I think that's really awesome and, and that's that freedom that we're talking about and that second point there where we talk about how we need to teach our children to view God in light of the freedom he offers instead of just some rules to follow we got to teach our kids that that following Jesus is, I mean, it's more than just saying, hey, here's the Ten Commandments, don't do any of these, or uh, don't break any of these commandments. It's, it's like, hey, you are a sinner who needs saved. You're a sinner who needs God. You need the sacrifice of Jesus. So here is the freedom that comes with that if you give your life to Jesus. And it, it's, a, it's, it's a pretty sweet thing, I think. Yeah. I like the, uh, the relationship aspect of it. We were talking before the podcast,
1: before we were recording, mm-hmm. um, about how, uh, how, when you th- how you don't, you know, let's say my wife. My wife doesn't like it when I do a certain thing. Right. Well, I don't not do that thing because, because it's a rule and I'm afraid of the consequence. I don't do that thing because I love her
0: and I don't want to upset her. Right. Absolutely, that you nailed it exactly right. And I'm bummed I didn't make that point. <laughs> I'm glad you did though. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's it's all about a relationship. When you, it's not about the rules. When you're in a loving relationship, it's not about literally just checking off the rules and following the rules. It's mm-hmm. I'm doing this because I love her, and we should follow God's ways. We want to hit the mark because we love God, and God He loved us first. So. Right. So um, so all that to say, we'll wrap it up by saying this, is that um, those two points that you just made, people are not born good and we need to teach our children to view God in light of the freedom he offers instead of just some rules to follow. We as parents need to be teaching our children that, uh, first off, we need to see our kids as sinners in need of a savior. That's the first thing, they're not mm-hmm. born good. They're in need of a savior. That's the first thing as a parent you need to realize is that your perfect little angel needs God. He <laughs> needs, he or she needs Jesus. That's the first thing. And then the second thing is, Show your kid what it is to have a relationship with Christ. Um, if if, they, if you can somehow show them that freedom that you're living with where, you know, you, you, there, there's no, you're not a slave to sin. You're, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you can show that to your kids, and your kids aren't going to grow up saying, like, wow, you know, th- these are the rules that I need to follow. They're going to say, man, I want what mom and dad have. I want that relationship with a loving God. And because I want that, I am going to do what makes God happy. Mm-hmm. So... So there it is. That's all I have to say about that, Forrest Gump style. <laughs> well done, Forrest. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, um, I, I think that pretty much sums it up. You know, kids are sinners. They're dirty little sinners. Lead them to Jesus, and uh, and yeah, everything will be good. Yeah. There we go. All right. Well, um, I think it's time for me to go walk my dog. I think you so. need to walk the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I need the exercise more than the dog does, but. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning into The Parent Podcast. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to email us. My email is mclark at genoachurch.org. Ben, what is yours? Your email? I don't have a Genoa email. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, if you have an email for Ben, send it to me and I'll forward it to him. There you go. All the fan mail comes to me first and then I'll make sure you get it. So uh, yeah, for sure. uh, Just uh, shoot us an email. And if you have any questions or anything that you'd love us to address on the podcast, there are going to be days that we uh, do more than just talking about what we talked about in Kids Church. Um, like for instance, next week, we're going to be releasing, um, uh, an episode, possibly two, because it might be a long interview, mm-hmm. but we are going to be interviewing a scientist about creation. Uh, he's a Christian scientist who has answers to everything. I'm super pumped about it. So we're going to interview him. And, um, so again, if you have any questions, let us know. Other than that, you guys have been awesome and we'll see you next time. So this is Matt Clark signing off. Do you want to sign off Ben? <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, guys. Bye.